Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 109, and today I'm going to talk to you about my first bow hunt ever, and I'm going to talk about the pastor and recreation. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you lead this time. I pray that you would help me to think clearly and to think biblically in how I talk about recreation and work and really combining those two things together, recreation and work, and help us to do all that we do as pastors, as men, for your glory and honor and for the good of others, not just for, the, for ourselves, not just for our pleasure, but help us to work for your glory and honor, even through our recreation. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being able to hunt. And I just pray that people would be encouraged. Lord, we love you and praise you. Just in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Hope you're doing well this morning. And I guess I do have a few preliminaries before I get going here. And I just want to remind you of the pastor camp that's coming up October the 16th and the 17th. That is going to be a lot of fun. And if you can make it, I want you to come. Please reach out to me if you want more details. But basically, we're just going to Saline County in Illinois to Garden of the Gods and we're camping. And so you got to bring your own food, you got to bring all your own camping supplies, and so you'll just have to figure out your what to bring list, and then we'll do one session around the fire where I'm going to talk about pastoral ministry. Who can come? Well, this is primarily for pastors, and so we want you to bring your teams, your pastoral teams, your, your deacons if you want your deacons to come, uh, anybody in the church that's interested in pastoral ministry, and then just guys in the church that would be intrigued by coming and hanging out with their pastor and or their pastoral team and hearing about pastoral ministry. So anybody can come, really, that you want to come, but it's going to be primarily focused, obviously, to pastors. That's, that's what our ministry is devoted to, so please come, Pastor Camp. Also, I want to give a shout out to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. We have a podcast for wives, and it's my wife and it's Lexi Sauvet. And so Jordan and Lexi have been doing this podcast now for about a year, and we just hit the charts. The podcast just hit the charts, I think, in Belgium. I think it's 134 on the iTunes list of most popular Christian podcasts. And so way to go, Jordan and Lexi. Very excited about that. If your wives are not yet listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, that podcast gets a lot more traffic than this podcast. And so I want to encourage your I want to encourage you guys to tell your wives about it and have them tell their friends about it. It's specifically for pastors' wives, and it has so many implications for women in general. And so please send them over to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast and recommend that. I think they'll really like it. Okay, i got to tell you about my first bow hunt ever. So a year ago, my friend Terry at our church got me into hunting with a shotgun. In Illinois, you have to shoot with a shotgun. He got me into deer hunting. He said, hey, I've got some property. Come out. You can sit in one of my stands. My son is not going to be here this year. One of my sons is going to be back home. And so I got to go and sit in one of his stands and shoot my first deer. It was pretty great. I told that story on an episode about a year ago. So you have to go through a hunter safety course. I went through the hunter safety course. And then over Christmas time last year, I just accumulated all the hunting supplies that I would need, including a new bow. And so online, I got the best budget bow I could find. It was the, the Raptor Predator. It was only about, I think, 220 bucks, something like that. And then I picked up just some cheap arrows on Amazon and have been practicing over the last year. I got a release also that was a pretty cheap bow release. I'm a budget guy. And so to get into bow hunting, I just wanted to get some budget gear that would get the job done, but it wasn't high-end stuff. And so I've been practicing through the year. I picked up some broadheads at Walmart on sale last year for like seven bucks for a pack of three. And then I picked up my second pack of arrows from eBay. It was 22 bucks. So this, this was all a budget project for me. And if you know me, then you just know that that's how I do things. So I have the bow, I have the gear, now I need the land 
to hunt on. Now, I've got a friend who let me set my stand up for gun season down kind of where I hunted last year, about 30 minutes from where I live right now. I wanted some bow hunting land a little bit closer to me. Well, God provided it because I bumped into my buddy Tom. Tom is a friend who lives about a half mile down the road. He's an older gentleman, 60s, and just a really nice guy. He's a Christian man, he and his wife, and we always bump into them at yard sales. They're, they're fellow yard sale bargain hunters, so we see them out regularly looking for treasures on the yard sale scene. So I started talking to him about his property. He has 50-something acres, and he said, well, if you ever want to come hunt, I got one other guy that comes and hunts it, but I have 10 or 12 stands that are set up around my property, and so I you know, obviously said, yeah, absolutely. So I've been helping him around, doing some things here and there, helping with really whatever, he kind of just being a farmhand. So then I found out which stand I wanted to be in, and I decided the first day I was going to be in the honey hole. So I went and sat in the honey hole on opening day, Thursday. And pretty much didn't see anything until about the last five minutes I turned around and looked at the field. This was kind of a spot that was tucked away in the woods. And so he's got all these different lanes that you can walk in. And he has a golf cart that he drives through. Bush hog, what he calls roads, all through his property. And so you have all these access points for deer to walk through. So really the deer, deer trails are these roads that he's created with his bush hog. And he's had these for years. He grew up on this property. It's just amazing, beautiful property. So I, didn't, I turn around and get down out of the stand and I just see these two deer along the tree and field line. And then get my stuff and go. And so I didn't get anything that first day. Well, the next morning I couldn't go because my boys went and spent the night with my with my mother. And I wanted them to be there. If I got a deer, I wanted them to be there for me to gut it and skin it and all that kind of stuff and quarter it out. And so I waited until Saturday morning to go again. Well, on Friday, my friend texted me and said, hey, there's a nice eight, eight pointer here under the oak stand. And so the next morning I just made a middle note. Okay, I'm going to sit in the oak stand this next morning. And it sits on the, the edge of the woods and the field. It was a little bit more open spot. But I got there, set up, I was in the stand by about 6 o'clock, and then I sat there for about an hour, sun comes up, the, the birds start chirping, the squirrels start jumping around everywhere, and you know how it is with squirrels. You hear a squirrel jump, and you're just convinced, oh my gosh, that's a big deer, it's coming. Well, I'm looking around me, and I, I look back about, I don't know, 5 o'clock from my direction where I'm sitting, looking forward, about 5 o'clock, back to the right, and I look behind me, and there's two doe walking across the field, and they're about 40 to 50 yards, something like that. And they just mosey across this soybean field and they end up about 80 yards and then 100 yards away. Well, I do a quick butt call and just sit and wait. In about three minutes, the same, what we thought was an eight pointer comes moseying up right behind me. What ended up being a seven pointer, but it was a little bit bigger than the seven pointer I shot during shotgun season the year before. So he starts moseying up and I look behind me. There he is. He's just right there. I'm talking 10 yards away. So I draw my bow and I lean over around the left side of the tree, and I'm just sitting there waiting. And that buck doesn't have a clue that I'm there. It was awesome. I mean, my heart is pumping. I'm excited, and I'm trying to remain still. It's about 50 degrees outside. Beautiful morning. Perfect morning. Not a cloud in the sky. No wind at all. He has no idea that I'm there. I'm 10 yards away. And so I reach around, and there's a couple branches in the way. And so I've got to wait for the shooting lane. So I wait for about 30 seconds. It felt like it was, you know, 30 seconds when you're in a tree stand with full draw. feels like it's about five minutes. It's probably about 30 seconds. Now, keep in mind, I've never shot out of a tree stand before, so I've never shot from up high to down low, and at only 10 yards, I got my sights set at 15, 20, 25, and 30 yards. I mean, I'm really close, and so I'm aiming low. I aim really low, right below the heart, right at the bottom part of his chest cavity. I pull on the release, get it, and actually, I nail him right in the spine and drop him right there. I mean, it was incredible, 10 yards away, drop him, but then he's sitting there, it was kind of sad. He was flopping around for a little bit, and I thought he was going to bleed out and die, but he didn't, so I had to jump down, and I actually had to give two kill shots because I shot high again. Then I shot the kill shot, and it was over pretty quick. 
was able to go get my boys and drive back down. Now, here's how cool this is. I, I love it. Now, I've got a month until shotgun season, but I've been in a deer stand now a total of three days in my life, and I have killed two bucks in three days. <laughs> now, the first day I went out, within the first 45 minutes, I got that buck at 70 yards, and then this was the second day bow hunting, and I get this. And I, I'm told by everybody, everybody at our church is telling me, hey, it doesn't go like that. That's not typical. Don't get used to that. But my goodness, it has been a blast. And the boys, they helped me. We got to gut it, and I've, I've quartered it out, and I'm going to finish it up this week. We're going to make some sausage out of it. We're going to make some bratwurst. We're going to make some jerky. It's going to be great. It'll fill the freezer, and we'll have it for about a year. But that leads me into a discussion about the pastor and recreation. I hope you enjoyed that story. I really do. And if you ever want that first hunt that I told you about, you can go back and find that. I think I put it the story about my first hunt or something like that. I forget. But you'll be able to find it. If you just scroll down far enough, you'll see it about a year ago. But I want to talk to you about the pastor and recreation for a few minutes, using that as a diving board into this discussion. You know, when it comes to recreation, we don't see typical recreation activities anywhere in the scripture. We don't see people going out for just a jog and hanging out. We don't see people playing video games. We don't see men with a bunch of extra time on their hands and then them finding out a hobby and doing that hobby and just enjoying that hobby. And I'm not necessarily going to say that all hobbies are wrong, but I do want to challenge you to say that some hobbies are more virtuous than other hobbies. Let me explain. When God gave the Ten Commandments, Moses went up that mountain, he got the Ten Commandments, comes down and shatters them in anger because of what Aaron did, and then he goes back up that mountain and God gives the Ten Commandments again. And one of the things that we find about the Sabbath is that we are to work six days and rest on one. Six days you shall work. A man's life, and a woman's life for that matter, in a feminine way, is built around this concept of working for the glory of God. We are workers. We are built to work. And men, in particular, are built to work in a way that provides for their family. First Timothy chapter 5, if your work does not provide for your family, then you are worse than an unbeliever. We don't even have a category for what that means. We just know that it's really, really bad. And when I think about recreation, one of the things I want to push and challenge you in and towards is to find recreation that is work. If we are to work six days, most of us have work that has a five-day work week. Some of us have a six-day work week, and that's understandable. In fact, most, most men should be working on their days off, not the Sabbath, but they should be working, for instance, on a Saturday when you've got to mow your yard, you've got to take care of your house, you've got to power wash the backside of your house because of the dust. You do something with your hands on Saturday that qualifies as work. We are workers. Six days you shall work. Make sure that your recreation is not something that's just simply leisurely and doesn't produce anything. What does your recreation produce? Does it only consume the work of other people or does it actually produce something for those who are around you? Could it be in the category of work? If you're to work six days out of the seven days a week, what I'm thinking is the Bible doesn't have this category of just recreation and play in the sense that we do. And if you just think about it, most of our recreation is actually work. I'll just use mine as an example, and then you think through what your hobbies are, what your recreation is, and just answer the question, does it include work, and is it for the good of others, or is it just about my consumption? I run, and now I hunt. Running is something that's been in my life for about I guess 14 years now, 12 or 14 years, it's going to be a part of my life unless I get injured or something like that for the rest of my life, I hope. And so I run about 12 to 15 miles a week, 10 to 15 miles a week, and I've done that for about 14 years. Now, I do that, and it requires physical exertion, and it's going to be for the good of my family. I do that because I want to keep my body healthy, and I want to keep my body strong. I don't want to end up being lazy and fat, 
and I don't want to end up being somebody who can't spend time hanging out with his children and then hanging out with his grandchildren or hanging out with his great-grandchildren. I want to be in good shape to be able to do all that God has called me to do for the rest of my life. So running is recreational. I listen to podcasts, I pray, or listen to music, but I'm I'm working, it's it's physical exertion, and I'm doing it not just for myself, I'm doing that for my family and for my grandchildren down the road. And then with hunting, hunting requires work. It requires scouting, it requires time, it requires putting up a deer stand or a blind, it requires mental energy, and then the end result, it requires you to either pick that deer up or to skin that deer, to quarter that deer, to cut that deer out, or to bring it to the slaughterhouse if you're going to have the slaughterhouse do it. But it requires you to do mental and physical exertion for the good of others. This is not just for your consumption. The meat that you get is going to be for the consumption of others. What what about your hobbies? Is it only for you? Is it just for your consumption? Just I'm going to consume, 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 whether it be media or whatever it may be. Or are you doing something that requires work and something that has an, an end result that's for the good of others? Recreation should require work. It should be work and it should be for the good of others. Find some hobbies that meet those two qualifications, and I think you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to really enjoy that kind of work because it's going to be different work that you normally do. But if you think about recreation as work, then it helps you to give some direction to what your recreation is. Hey, if you've enjoyed that hunting story, if you've enjoyed thinking about recreation in this way, let me know. Send me a message. Share this episode. Make a comment on Instagram. I'd love to talk to you about this. And if you ever need anything at all, from me, please let me know. If you ever need somebody to come preach for your men's retreat, if you ever need somebody to come and coach your pastors and elders in pastoral ministry, I would love to do whatever I can to help. If you guys are in an unhealthy situation, if you're having marriage problems, just whatever you need, please reach out to me. I would love to come and help. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.